social justice with um, abortion as well, you have what social justice deems as it is a right for a woman to abort her unborn child. But biblical justice says you shall not kill, but I, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew your name before you were even a thought in, in someone's mind. So there is a there is a huge conflict between what the world is saying is a socially just thing to do, but what God says it is very conflicting. Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We have Tara Harris and Tanya Joy Gibson in the house. They are the Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. We did an interview with Tanya Joy and Tara a couple of weeks ago, and we had so much fun. We were like, can you come on our show too? So um, I don't know who wants to go first. Tanya, maybe you can introduce yourself to our audience and your show and your program, and then how you guys started doing the Gibson Girls. Yeah, absolutely. This is so fun to be here with you guys. Like, I, I want to like just all hang out, like I know. sit in the family room and just chit chat, you know. Um, but and I've heard about you for so long, so I have a that show. A um, and I'm in the middle of rebranding, so I'm just gonna say, look up Tanya Joy or Beauty for Ashes with That's Tanya great. Joy. I'm on, you know, Rumble. Um, I've got a Hollywood Decode show on His Glory Network, and the show is starting to go to some different Roku networks, but um, I'm in the middle of a little bit of a rebranding. So, um, But it's been exciting because the Lord really brought me into this about a year and a half ago. I was not looking to do a show ever. I never in my wildest ever, ever. I, I don't know social media very well. And I don't know all of that. And it's a lot to have to constantly post on social media, like to be an influencer. Like, I'm like, right. what does that mean? You know? Um, but the Lord laid on my heart as I was sharing kind of my testimony and what I had walked through the last couple of years. I'm like, I'm 45. So, you know, I've been a single mom for quite a few years on and off. It's been a tumultuous adult life. I had a fabulous kid life. Like <laughs> living, living with our family was wonderful. We have a really good family. We were all just together this weekend. Um, but when I got to be an adult and I moved out, I think it was a combination of me making decisions that were not fully in line with God because I didn't fully understand. I didn't have the level of discernment. I did, you know, it's life. I mean, we learn as we grow. I'm a slow learner. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> So um, I'm a hands-on, I have to go through it and fail a few times. And so that's what I walked through as an adult. And it was very difficult. And I got to a place, and this is so funny, I was not thinking of sharing all this, but someone must need to hear it. I got to a place where I loved God. I absolutely believed in him. I believed in the word. I would. I was very involved in church, but I could not say that God was good. Wow. And I remember I hearing yeah. the songs about God being good 
And deep down, I mean, it makes me want to cry. Deep down, I would wrestle with that. And I'm like, I've been through multiple divorces, you know, men who have cheated. I've got a prodigal daughter. My son's almost got killed as a child. I mean, I've had a blood disease for over 15 years. Wow. We have been attacked. Yeah. Um, and so I loved God, but I didn't think he was a good God. And about three years ago, uh, maybe three and a half years ago now, I started, the Holy Spirit started saying, get in the word every day. Mm. And I was like, I know, no, no, seriously, set a clock, make yourself read the word. So I did. And it took about, I'm not going to lie. It took, I started in September, October. It took until about December before I enjoyed it. Wow. It was, it was a just routine. And then December came and all of a sudden, like I couldn't keep moving on because I would be stuck in a story oh, that's and so I was great. in like the old Testament. And I was like, I didn't know that was in here. What? <laughs> and I mean, I grew up in the church. My yeah. parents, my mom is like, she knows the Bible better than anybody, but it would piss me off when she would tell me things about them. I'd be like, <sighs> don't tell me that's in the Bible. I don't know. You know, because I don't know. It's the devil. I mean, it was yeah. the devil in me probably, you know, or whatever that spirit that was coming against me from growth in the Lord. So anyway, I started getting in the word all of a sudden things started to shift in life. It was still hard. There were still a lot of bad things I had to walk through, but I had peace that passed all understanding. I had all of a sudden I was seeing the Lord take care of us financially in ways that made no sense. Anyway, then um, somebody asked me after I shared my testimony and the Lord gave me the verse Isaiah 61, three and said, that's my promise. I will take the ashes and I will turn yeah. them into something beautiful. And it was this tiny just gut thing at first and that has grown and now i'm just starting like just this year starting to see the fruits of that so it's been a long journey but that made me so passionate and i'm like i know that other women especially are walking through or have walked through what i've walked through oh yeah oh yeah you know and yeah. and being i mean i desperate i hate being single i prayed for a mate and journaled for a spouse and would pray for that man since I was like six years old yeah. and I've had three failed marriages, all of which were men who were addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. I've had other men who were basically con artists and frauds who just wanted to kind of own me and have a piece of me. And I hate that. That's my heart's cry. And I'm still living. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, I'm still in the stage mm -hmm. of just waiting yeah but i'm at a stage now where i know that the lord is my husband amen he has me he is providing i mean it's scary to be a single mom i got two kids at home i lost my corporate job in january i don't have really any income but the lord takes care of us wow. every single month and mm -hmm. i feel that that's a message we need to share yeah i'm living it so i just said to the lord i will say yes to whatever you provide or want me to do. If you want me to share a piece of my story, I will be vulnerable. I've been on shows and shared about the pornography and what that does to a woman, what that does personally. I've had men make me watch it. It wow. is yeah, yeah. not good. It right. is damaging. And, mm -hmm. and it is all connected to sex trafficking. And the church yeah. is complicit. And yes. I've had enough of it. Mm -hmm. I've just, yeah. so if I can get up and just, share about it, bring people on my show to talk about these hot topics, to wake people up to the yeah. fact that God is good. Mm -hmm. He does love you, but you have to stop everything else. Literally, you have to make that your priority. 
Amen. Wow. That's so good. That's like 10 <laughs> sermons in like 10 minutes. We could go in a hundred different directions, but let's bring your sister in here. Uh, can you tell your, your side of the story? Yeah, Tara. Yeah, so Tara. so, so are you, yeah. have, you guys, you are adorable. You're just like us, like in so many ways with the age and the yeah. height. And we were joking about that and just kind of our yeah. life experience. But you have, you live your own life. You're married and you have kids and you're not even in the same state. Uh-huh. No, no, I'm in Texas. My, my sister lives up in Illinois. And it's funny because, um, you know, maybe we sound alike or we kind of resemble each other in a lot of ways. We couldn't be more polar opposite. So it's, it's funny to hear Tanya's story and her testimony. It's totally not mine. I mean, my adult life has, has been just wonderful and smooth sailing. And, um, and some, I mean, it makes me sometimes feel guilty because you do wonder what makes certain people walk right. the life like Job and yeah. other people are like the Mary who is chosen and has just this amazing, you know, experience. Sure. I don't know. And, but for the longest time I struggled with the, the fact that I felt like I didn't have a good testimony to share because my life is just so squeaky clean and, and easy peasy, like gold brick road, you know? Right. Um, but, but that's a testimony. It is. That's what people have finally shared with me that also sometimes because of that, um, that history or, or what my rec, um, reputation is all through consistently through my life that that draws people in to hear and listen and want to know more about me because of that and so I've had to try to embrace that and it's like you know Tanya experienced such hardships specifically in within the pornography type of sinful stuff that we're battling every day in our world Um, I feel like everyone really has this moment that God just literally shuts these paths and there's one path that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't ask for this, but I feel like this is something I'm supposed to share and talk about and you become passionate about it. And it's like what you guys were saying for the podcast that you, you really have to allow the person to go where God is calling them to go because that's what makes the great show or it makes people want to hear because you're passionate about it. Yeah. And that's basically what happened to me a year and a half ago with my, um, my oldest daughter and, and it's all geared around social justice. And I, if this never happened to us a year and a half ago, I think that my mercy and love part of who Christ is, I was drawn to social justice before because I thought, well, of course we should love everyone, accept wow. everyone. That doesn't mean I condone, you know, I still have my my beliefs and what God says, but let them live their life and I will just love them. And through my loving them, they will hopefully and prayerfully come around and see Christ and what Christ wants for their life. But then what happened to us a year and a half ago really changed me and lit a fire under me where I was like, I've got to share this with everybody because people don't know how bad and dangerous the social justice is and how much against biblical justice it really is. And so it's, you know, we kind of, and because I've been really outspoken over all this, um, then my sister sort of was like, hey, I want you to come on my show and talk about the experience of what you've gone through with Kate, my daughter. And so I did. This was not even like, what, two months ago, Tanya? Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, only the fourth time we've done a show. Oh, that's awesome. I I just kind of, like, honestly, I wish I could, maybe eventually, if I could, I would have her be on every show that I did. Like, because I just, there, one... It was difficult because she has grown up. We we almost grew up in two separate worlds, mm-hmm. even in our home life, because we were four years apart. When I, because of that four year difference, our family went through some difficult times. Our parents almost got divorced. I was thirteen; wow. she was 
what you would have been nine. Ten, eleven. Yeah. She doesn't remember. I remember those days very clearly. I remember the conversations my dad would have with me, my mom would have with me that were probably like, I don't at that age, I don't know how to answer or talk about these things. Sure. Um, but then and then and my parents struggled financially. Well, then I left was done with that being home because I went and got married. Tara was just coming into high school. My dad's business was flourishing. So wow. she grew up going, you know, on lots of trips. I mean, literally, we've mm. almost had two separate upbringings. And our parents, I mean, my, our mom, like, sh we talk about this with her. Like, it's not, we're not exposing yeah, yeah, yeah. anything about our family. Like, yeah. we're just a very real family. We're we not perfect. Too. But we love God. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, um, and Tara and I really didn't ever... It felt like we never got to even really live together, if that makes sense, because yeah. she was really still young and I went and then my life went down a whole other path. So like two yeah. years ago, I think, was it two years ago already? Two years ago right yeah. now, I moved and was living. We took golf carts back and forth to each other's houses and it was the mm. most, it was a difficult season. It was kind of the last season that the Lord had me in before he launched me into this. Mm -hmm. And so I know it was a imp very important season. It was a very short season, but I was hoping like we were going to Texas and we were going to be there. And like, I was going to be a Texas girl and live. And my sister and I, we'd be like, Hey, I got to go get groceries. You want to go to target? Okay. You know, yeah. like, I'll, yeah. and we'd run, it was yeah. so much fun. And then I had to leave. And so then the show is stuff has grown. And I think it was just the Holy spirit that I kind of was like, I'm going to just ask her maybe me. I think it was when the transgender pageant happened. And I was like, we yeah. have to go on. We have to go talk about this. We have to talk about the fact that this is wrong. We're both Miss America, former contestants. We don't, I don't want to see this. We want to talk about it. So that was how it mm -hmm. started. And now I'm like, yep. I went, I'll twist her arm eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but the funny thing is, is after this weekend that we were at the Remnant conference, and it was all about um, podcasters, and it's all the technical stuff, like what you need to do and what kind of, um, what I, I don't even know the words, like what kind of site you need to use and how to do this. And I'm like, I literally zoned out. I'm like, Tanya, this is your thing. I don't know any, I don't <laughs> care. You just tell me when I need to sign on and I'll be there. Oh <laughs> so my gosh, totally that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. But it's, just, I think it's a God thing. Like, honestly, I had heard about you girls. I mean, ever since I started this, like I didn't know the world of podcasting. So until my show went live, I didn't know anything about any of this. But then very quickly I started hearing and I kept hearing about y'all and I was like, oh, but they're like a big deal. They probably would not be on my show. So it was so funny then when Tom Renz was like, you need to connect with these girls. I'm like, I know I've been wanting to, but everything happens in God's timing. That's the biggest Amen. thing I've I learned. And so even much. with, you know, we came back off this weekend and I'm like, I'm a type A. So I'm like ramped up. I got my new lists and 500 new tasks to do, you know, but I have to remind myself at the end of the day, I am here to bring glory to God, to speak what he wants us to speak, literally to continue on with Jesus mission. Amen. That's yeah. the only reason we're here. The other stuff is a bonus. The, having a family, that's a bonus. G having a good job, that's a bonus. The only reason we were created, the only, is to glorify God. Amen. That's, that's it. True. Humanity was formed for that. So all this other stuff, which is great. And like, I trust me, I get it. I have to make money. I have, I have to be responsible. But what I have found is that on the 
in the moments where I just literally am living in the best place of surrender. And sometimes that means my schedule changes. And sometimes it means the Lord goes, nope, come and spend time with me right now. Don't make that phone call. And I do that. All of a sudden provision comes in that makes Amen. no sense. No sense. Mm -hmm. I've had that. I've literally had that happen where I'm like, according to my financial records, because I'm a finance person, this cannot be possible. And I've had this taken care of. My bills have been paid. This makes no sense to the natural. Right. So mm -hmm. it's a very fine line. And I hope that people can, you know, I, I always want people to understand that, to get to that place. doesn't mean that your world stops. It doesn't mean that there's kids going here and from especially women like and, and men, but being a woman, I, my heart is for women. I want to see them get to a place where we can be the princesses that God made us, the Queens. We have a very, women have a different ability, I think, to connect to what it means to be the bride of Christ than wow. a man does. Oh, yeah. It's going to be harder for a man. For us, mm. we've got that natural ability to connect to that. I can't tell yeah. you how many times that like literally I go to bed and it's midnight or whatever and I get in bed and I, I, I'm, I'm fighting that. I just wish I had a husband to cuddle with. I hate this. And now shifting and immediately going, Jesus, I need you. Yeah. Come and just cuddle with me, please. And I am telling you, I can feel it. Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah. That brings mm -hmm. so much peace. And whether someone's married or unmarried, I just want people to, to experience that because could you imagine mm. what that would do to our world yeah if more mm. people understood that and really i mean just the christians if just the mm. people who claim to be christians would do that yeah our world mm. would shift this is probably one mm. of the most uh intimate and intense um little conversations that we've had on our show in the nitty-gritty mm. of of life we talk mm. about these giant things and actually Tara in a second, I want you to tell us about what really woke you up with your daughter in school. Mm. Um, but Tanya, when you're talking about this intimacy that you're growing in with Christ, you know, we all want to be at the goal, but how do we mm. get to the goal? And what you're talking about is when we, we have to be those people that are whole in Christ. You know, when I was little, I, somebody once said to me, um, one times one equals one, but one times 0.5 equals half. So if you're a whole person in Christ and you get with somebody who's only half in Christ, it lowers you, it lowers you. And so then you're both only half in Christ. I and like so that. you want to wait for the person yes. and you want to wait and, and they, let's say you find the person that you're supposed to, you're supp God has for you. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, and actually I, I went to a, a certain school and, and at one point maybe they've changed it, but they, you, there's no one person for you. Just go get married, find somebody who oh. uh, ticks a few of your boxes. I'm like, tell oh, that to oh. so, Here's the thing. Oh, yes. nice. If I believe that God has called me to do um, a podcast and he's going to give me a name for it and he's going to give me a message for it. Why would I not believe that? Then he, and I believe someone. that he called yeah. me to, to, to connect with maybe you guys, how mm -hmm. much more yeah. on this life's journey, you know, it's very strange when you read the Bible, you say, God brings this person together, just like in, a, in any sort of ministry. Why in the world, when you're talking about the one person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with it, does God just say, pick one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And honestly, here's the thing. I have a minivan in my in my uh, uh, driveway that I know God picked out for me. 
Okay. So, I can tell you the whole story. I know because I prayed about it and God sent me to the right minivan. Okay. How much more <laughs> is God going to send me to a person that is going to click with me on this yes. life's journey? Well, and I want to share something that, yes. um, because we are on, so I, just for maybe viewers that don't know what Leah and I, we don't, you don't know our story, but I think most of you do. Leah and I are not married. And we're, mm-hmm. uh, I'm 39. I don't know if you want me to tell your age. She said her age. She's 41. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she's older, so we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we have been, I have been wearing this promise ring since I was 18 years old, vowing to, to save myself for marriage. And you, and you, as, right. as the older you get, you're like, God, like, I've told people, I don't care if I'm going to be Sarah's age. God's got children for me. God has a husband for me. And you do that, that kind of like you're laying in bed and you're like, thank God we have dogs, right? Like you're like, I, I feel so alone. Dogs are the best. I literally, I, dogs are awesome. I'm not, I'm not going to be the crazy yeah. cat woman. We dogs are, are awesome. Cats, actually, by the way. And so I, last week, two weeks ago, God had me write something and I must've been dead, like passing out when I wrote it. And I sent it to Leah in a text message last night, and I'm not going to read the whole part of it. The part, the the better part is actually in the first part, but I want to get to a point. Um, and I said, oh, the blessing to wait, to have lived an entire life before having children, the wisdom to pass along to your children. This is the gift of Abraham and Sarah. The Abraham who lied about his wife twice did not father Isaac. The one who learned from that did. Zachariah and Elizabeth had to had to be wise in order to be able to raise John the Baptist. Rebecca was given the same blessing as Sarah to wait. It is a gift to have children once you have wisdom for you wow. and the children raised under that wisdom. The Shunammite woman's wisdom wow. saved her son. Her younger self may not have. We have given up marriages and children for the sake of the gospel. It is impossible for that not to be returned a hundredfold. Matthew 19, 10. I wrote that in my journal two weeks ago. And when oh I reread it last God. night, I had goosebumps. And I was like, yeah. and what I mean by that is not that it that I want to speak specifically to a specific type of people like Leah and myself or to a Tanya where mm-hmm. you're you're in a waiting season right yes. mm-hmm. and God has his timing is so perfect and he has a reason for everything Mary and Joseph they didn't have to wait mm-hmm. Mary was very young but for some mm-hmm. reason John the Baptist's parents did need to wait because I believe mm. that they needed to have a certain kind of wisdom that was different than Joseph and Mary in raising Jesus, right? And the wow. same thing goes for Abraham. Like, I have learned so many lessons, and I was thinking, guys, about your parents and their story and kind of how you, your life went, Tanya, and how your life went, Tara, because your parents had more wisdom when they mm-hmm. got to you, and as they were raising mm-hmm. you, and your life turned out a, a whole different mm-hmm. path. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's better. It just means that it's, it's it's different because of, and so my point is, I just want to encourage people that if you're in a waiting season of any kind, then it has to be for a reason and, and we get wisdom yes. along the, the way. And, um, and, and you have goals. And I think we live in a, in this social media era. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like my Facebook feed is filled with like, um, 10 ways you can be in shape and don't exercise and, and eat whatever you want. Yeah. Like, for real? Yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. What is this voodoo? Um, yeah. and, yes. and it's like, uh, you can be, it's, it's so full of people who have perfected life and, and messages or it that looks like they have, or, and the message is right. if you just want something bad, you're enough. bad enough, you can have it. But here's the yes. thing. That's not the message of the gospel. Come on and preach. The message yep. of the gospel yep. is seek first his kingdom and yes. his righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles seek shall be added unto you. And so, um, yep. Tanya, yes. that's kind of what you're telling me is you're like, mm-hmm. I did what y'all told me to do. Come okay. On, you told mm-hmm. yes. me that I, if I did 
A, B, C, and D. I was a, and, and maybe you guys can talk about this. I was a beauty pageant girl. Okay. Mm. There's no reason why I, and, and, and why is it, unfortunately, I see all these beautiful people and then the, their spouses cheat on them. You know, it yes. doesn't, beauty doesn't yes. mean you're going to get somebody to be with you for the rest of your life. Okay. Exactly. Not in Hollywood, right? I'm like, how did yes. you leave that girl? What is wrong <laughs> I know. I say the right? same thing. What is wrong with you? Yeah. So, okay. So, you know? so go ahead and um, Tanya, comment on what Leah said. And then I want to jump to Tara and get your story about your daughter. Yeah. I mean, preach it. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. And it, and I'll tell you, I believe that my outward, so this sounds, this is not, I'm not trying to sound prideful at all, but when I look at myself now, I look better than I did when I was in my twenties and my thirties. And I believe that the more time I spend with the Lord, on. the more of a reflection of his beauty. Yeah. Because I have people that will stop. And this is not, I'm not saying this prideful because my brain doesn't match that. Yeah. My brain, I feel just like anybody else. I go, oh my gosh, I got stretch marks here. And like, what man's going to want me? I got cellulite and I don't work out and my arms are getting old and they're starting to like <laughs> Something wave. happens to your arms when you're 40. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no, I'm, I just want to jump in and tell you something funny because I literally yeah. we went through COVID last year and you weren't supposed to work out because like the spike protein could, yeah, could get told, to your, yeah. And I'm an athletic type person. And the other day I was kind of making a muscle. I was, I was like looking at some pictures. I was like, what happened to my arms? Where's my arms go? So I'm literally like push-ups. And I started to do push-ups. I used to be able to do tons of push-ups because I was I used to work out all the time and I was training for limits, whatever. And I was like, Oh my god, I can't do 10 push-ups. What is this? <laughs> oh, what is this? I was like, now I have your push-ups. Yeah. Like, oh my word, Lord Jesus. I making yeah. muscles. We're farm girls. Like we don't we I don't carry five gallon buckets. And I'm like, I'm not carrying up buckets. And so then God just dropped us like a bunch of wood chips and we spent four or five hours and God's we like literally moved like 150 wheelbarrows of wood chips two thing. days ago. I'm gonna tell you guys something. Oh, Yesterday I was I was moving other wheelbarrows. I was like, God, I need to work out, but I don't want to go to a gym. I, it's too germy. I hate gyms. Yeah. Um, but I, and I don't want to just give me something that to we can do. do that, that produces some in shapeness in muscles. And, and he's and like, he well, why don't you just uh, clean out your fire pit? That's 10 wheelbarrows of, of ashes. <laughs> in them. Move that somewhere. And so I was literally like, I should do a video on this and tell people that. Yes. If they want to yeah. be in shape, because in shape, healthiness is good. But God, here's the thing. There's another scripture that says, um, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable to all things. And yeah. so I love yeah. this conversation that we're having because I want people, because like social media is, here's 10 steps that you can do and 10 workouts you can do and blah, blah, blah. I think we're at a place where I think we can go that next step where it's like, hey, God, how can I get in shape and do something that is good for myself or my family or right. for others? Yeah. So what you were yeah. saying back to, because to, there's a little rabbit trails. Rabbit trails. Great. Uh, what you were getting at is, you know, you feel more beautiful now that you're spending time with the Lord than you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I've seen my physical appearance change. I mean, like literally when I was going through the life that I was, like I was losing hair. I mean, I had my hair super short. If people saw what I looked like three years ago, two years ago, I don't look like the same person wow. at all. People are like, you look like you're aging mm -hmm. in reverse. I don't know. So I think it's because I'm actually finding a place of, I have a place of peace. Now I haven't arrived. It's still a fight. I'm going to be honest. I have to fight through that. Um, I mean, I, I fought depression for 20 years. I was in antidepressants. I took myself off that because I did not want to be on that. And it took a long time. And so, but that's still, rea there is still a fight, but it's a spiritual fight. I want people to hear that. And I'm not saying go off your meds. 
I'm just saying, seek the Lord. Yes. He made it very clear to me over the course of time that I was not to be on those because wow. it was dulling my emotions. When I got off of those, I'm telling you, this is crazy. I went through counseling. I did not know that there was a physical emotion with compassion. No way. I did not know that. Mm. I did not know there was a, I knew emotions that were anger, fear, and sometimes what I would say, happiness, not joy, happiness. That was it. I would hear stories of people that were losing a loved one and I felt nothing. And I thought something was wrong with me or that it, other people were feeling just really hyper feelers. When I went off those meds, I started to realize, oh my gosh. And I went through counseling and inner healing and all those things. And not to bunny trail off that. All I'm saying is that years of the trauma, years of the loss. I mean, I have a daughter who is trying to become a male. Wow. Well, it's not going to happen. And I, I and always say this yes. because that little girl her, has yeah. my DNA and my DNA is tied to Jesus. Amen. And Come on. therefore that's in her. So I, I just, I don't like to share that story without making sure I make the devil, I remind him because I've told him this over and over. He's messed with the wrong family. That's right. And that's yeah. not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's still a trauma. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's still not easy to walk through as a single woman who doesn't have another mm -hmm. mate to be able to be like, what do we do? Her dad is, mm -hmm. he thinks it's fine, mm -hmm. you know? So that's craziness. Um, but mm -hmm. all that to say, when we, everybody has their story. Everybody right. has yeah. an area that is difficult, that they're in the waiting, that what, it, whatever. There, there's not one that's bigger or worse or higher than mm -hmm. another. Every, I wouldn't, you, we, like Tara and I, like I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to trade shoes it just, mm -hmm. we've had to go, we both, she has experiences I don't have. I've been yeah. jealous. I can't tell you how many times that I will go, I don't understand this. My sister, like she's very innocent and very just loves life. She's just, she's the happiest person everywhere you go. She's, she's the best friend. Literally, if you go out with her, she'll see at least 20 people that she knows and she gives them all time. When I go out That's and nice. I see someone I know, I turn the other way. <laughs> You, but that is that's because Michelle's younger and that's Michelle. Michelle goes in, the whole room lights up when Michelle lights up and everybody thinks, everybody's like, Michelle's my best friend. Yeah. Everybody and Michelle, yeah. Michelle gives people time. Yeah. It can like, become a problem at times because I'm just being does. nice and I do care, yes. but that doesn't mean yes. like, take. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. That is so <laughs> me. And like Antonia was saying, she didn't know she had the emotion of like um, compassion. I have the problem on the opposite side. I'm a nurse. I went to nursing school and I knew I wanted to be a nurse since I was six years old because I am an empath. Like I yeah. feel deeply for other people, which goes back to social justice. That's yes, why right. I could easily, I could easily fall into the trap of believing social justice is what is from God because it portrays it in this really mercy driven, loving, compassionate type of, so, um, you know, so, wait, before you yeah. go, explain to people when you say social justice, what are you talking about? That, and what were some of your thoughts on social justice before? Okay, so social justice would fall under the category of um, LGBTQ rights, that, um, you know, homosexual marriage is should be legal, that they Did should you have think the that? same rights. Did you think um, that? 
You know, honestly, a little bit, I think I did, um, even though I, I knew that God didn't, I, I, I almost separated that there is like a church and state, that I really believed that we are believers in Christ and we can fall and, and fall under God's law, but not everybody is at that spot. So legally, they should have similar sure. rights. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to explain it, but it definitely, I, I've become a lot more um, awake to, I guess, that isn't what God wants for our world, even though we're in the flesh and we're in the, he still desires for even our world government to yeah. function the way he designed Amen. it to function. What did and you so think about I, race relations? What, yeah, so, that, so that's what you're also hitting on, justice. You're hitting on a, a, a large chunk of Christians right now. Yes. So yes. talk about yes. it. Talk about maybe. Okay, for, so social justice. Yes. Okay. So social justice with um, abortion as well. You have what social justice deems as it is a right for a woman to abort her unborn child. But biblical justice says you shall not kill that I, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew your name before you were even a thought in, in someone's mind. So there is a, there is a huge conflict between what the world is saying is a socially just thing to do, but what God says, it is very con conflicting. With race, we are all to die to ourselves when we become believers in Christ. We are a child of God. We all become one family. We die to our race. We die to every fleshly thing that would identify us in the world's view, because now we fall under God's or jurisdiction and his law and his love for us that he created, that they're, they're very two separate things. So when I see social justice and racial issues, there is so much emphasis on the melanin of your skin and you being black and, and white or, or Asian. That shouldn't matter to people. I understand that back 50 years ago, we had, I mean, we have a horrible history. Back in the Bible days, we are sinful humans and we are under government power and control of sinful people as well. So there are laws that back in the day, even today, they don't make sense and they're not right and they're not biblical. That doesn't mean, for instance, for race, there was slavery. That was awful. We should never have done that. But that has been we are all enslaved. We have been enslaved yeah. from the back in the Bible days. And it doesn't matter, again, the melanin of your skin. We've had clans against clans in Scotland. We've had, even in Africa, black against black. It doesn't matter. Hate is hate. And it's in the heart of humanity. And it's yeah. not a melanin or any other issue. And we're trying to put Band-Aids on things that are not going to fix it. And that's where, again, being a nurse, there is, you know, stop taking the medication. Why don't you change your lifestyle? Stop, yeah. do, you know, there's... There's certain you see how smart that, she is? This is yeah, why no please be on every show with me. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, so social justice is a tricky thing because, like you said, churches and Christians, my I have so many amazing Christian friends that are falling into the trap. I do, I and, know. And it breaks my heart because I know that their intention is for good. And that's right. how I tried, I've tried to explain even to my mom, you know, with political affiliations. Listen, Democrats believe wholeheartedly that what they're standing for is for the betterment of their future children yeah. and grandchildren. So you have to have a lot of grace for these, for people that don't see it the way we see it. Um, so I tend to go about it in a very loving way. Um, and, and that was something my sister and I were very different growing up as she was very much like, 
that is wrong and you're going to hell. I was like, <laughs> I am going to, I am going to try and be their friends and get to them maybe because you know, we are that like social. I want to like, I want everyone to like me. Um, and so I can go about it in a, a very different way, especially now with my experiences. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. I think social justice is a very hot topic right now in, yeah. in the church. Did you go along with BLM or did you catch them right off the bat? No, no. I knew that Black Lives Matter was wrong from the beginning because I, it's kind of like abortion too. I always, from the time I knew what abortion was, I was probably like 12 years old, 11 years old immediately I knew that was wrong. There are certain things that I knew. Black Lives Matter, I knew the origin of the, the, the creator of Black Lives Matter and, and where I, I read yeah. things that she had said and how she was a Marxist and she was definitely not for the good intentions of Black people. Right. And so I, I picked up on that. But critical race theory, um, I don't think I understood what critical race theory was nearly as deep as now that I have gone through so much that I've dug into it and I've been able to break it apart. And again, going back to podcasts, I was never involved. I didn't care to ever be on a podcast. I was a consumer of podcasts since a year and a half ago, because when what happened with my daughter, I immediately, like you said, you get hungry and thirsty for the truth. You need to know and understand what is happening to our little world right now. And I started to consume um, different podcasts, Christian conservative podcasts. A lot of them honestly were black, you know, black women or men um, that were standing up against. That's huge. Okay. Yes, so jump and, in, jump in. Wait, yeah. tell, you need to tell our audience because I know your story. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell everybody about what happened with your daughter in the Christian school. Okay, so my daughter um, at the time was 14, uh, 13 and a half. And we pulled her out of our public school here to go to a private Christian school. You're doing the in right Texas. thing, right? We're yes, going to go to yes. School. And the reason was is because I was noticing she was in seventh grade at the time at public school. And I realized that all of the worldviews were starting to seep into her beliefs. And, right. I, and she is like me. She has a very big heart for people. And the mercy and grace part of God is exactly my daughter, Kate. Yeah. And, um, and, and wait, let wonderful. me interject. She would yeah. totally love to come and live your girl's life. Like oh, she is an yes. outdoor girl. She loves animals. She takes, she's like an animal whisperer. That's like, awesome. Biggest heart she's of compassion. <clears throat> anyway, yes. keep going. Yes. And so I was nervous that if she wasn't getting enough direction through scripture, that this was a pivotal moment in her life that could go in a wrong direction, especially walking through Tanya's daughter who was transgendering into being a male. It was something high on our family's radar because of, uh, and sure. again, I'm sorry. It's personal. Yes. And I'm sorry, again, the firstborn, secondborn, there is a benefit of, I have always, I think the reason maybe I've had an easier life in a way, not just because God also directs our paths and we each have our own stories, but as a younger sibling, you have the luxury of sitting back and watching from your older siblings' mistakes. No, that's so and true. So, and so, you know, that's why I'm like, you know, my sister's like my best friend because she has really helped me see both good and bad. I mean, like her good decisions, I'm like, ooh, make a note. Or her bad decisions, ooh, make a note. Yeah. And so I do feel <laughs> no, bad. So I, yeah, I feel bad for the firstborn. And because I'm like, sorry, you got that first order. <laughs> they're but, the trailblazers. Um, yes, they're the trailblazers. And it is harder for them. And so, um, so anyways, we have fight in us, Tanya. 
We do. We'll fight to the death. Well, yes. that's the thing. Yes. We have a different personality. I am more of that yep. warrior that is, nope, yep. that's right, that's wrong. Right. Yes. It's, it is something that you're born with. But yeah, go ahead, Tara. Yes. Yes. And so I thought we need to put her in a private small school so she really can be told what the Bible says about all these issues that are going around in our world. And the first semester, her, her, her last semester of her seventh grade year, we had a great experience. It's a university model school. She was going three days a week. Two days a week, she was home doing the homeschool portion. I thought, this is great. My two younger boys are high energy and very athletic. They're in all these select sports. Our world revolves around the boys. And I thought, this is a great opportunity that me, both Kate and I, have some days alone without the brothers and we can maybe go have lunch after she does her schoolwork. You know, I just thought it would be a great thing. Sounds perfect. Ended up, yes. Yeah, so, but I found out quickly that the university model, her two days of being at home, it was very strenuous. It was a lot of work. I mean, she was working sometimes 14 hours in my husband's office because, because she's ADD. So she was very like, I think I'm going to go take the dog for a walk out back. And I think I'm going to go and just explore. Like she wasn't on top of it. So, so honestly, I think that that wasn't the right fit to begin with. But then the following school year, she started off her, the beginning of eighth grade and um, she made the 18 volleyball. Very first day of school, she was at her first day of volleyball practice and she was um, going to get a drink of water on the bleachers and two of her black friends, uh, one of which was one of her closest friends that she thought at the school. There was a group of five of these girls and this one black girl was part of those five girls and they would hang out and they were great friends. And the two black students were goofing around on the bleachers being funny and silly and tripping and being clumsy and laughing about it and like being purposely like that. And so Kate, in her very naive way of looking at the world and everything being somehow back to animals, she started laughing and she told the one boy, oh, you, you look so much like a monkey being funny, like how monkeys are goofy. And both of the students stopped and just looked at her and they didn't, they stopped laughing and smiling. And Kate said she felt very awkward, like she was just stupid. So she turned around and walked away. This was on a Thursday. We don't hear anything. Kate doesn't know anything that her friends were offended or hurt by this. Nothing was said to her. Sunday night, our little family of five went to the movies. And we, my, my daughter has this phone call on her phone. And she goes, Mom, isn't this someone from our school? And I was like, that name doesn't sound familiar. Well, then my husband's like, I just got a phone call from that same person. Well, as soon as we're whispering that in the movie theater, my phone goes off with the same it was the principal of our school. She's a new prince. She is a new principal. She used to be the principal at our Mansfield High Schools um, here, the public education. Um, found out again, this is all after everything happened, found out some horrible things about her. She actually had been um, fired from our huge public school district when she was a principal because she was basically embezzling money. She was taking um, students in high school here, have to wear their lanyards with their IDs on it. If you misplace or lose or don't have that ID during that school day, you have to go pay $10 to get a new one made. It's like a way to get these kids to be responsible. Don't lose your stuff. She was keeping the kids money and not turning it into the public, the actual school. ISD. So, oh so you can go and look on the Texas state boards or whatever licensing for teachers, put her name in. And it surely shows that one year her, her license was suspended oh and gosh. she was not legal. That was the year she moved over to this private school with her kids and got in. She was also the head of a DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, she's a black woman. And um, 
Come to find out she's a doctor, has her doctorate and her master's, found her dissertation, her 188-page dissertation is all pro-critical race theory for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students. So she has an ulterior motive. She is very high on making sure that we, I mean, I read 50 of those pages and it's disturbing. Like you have to teach, it's almost, it's racist. It's like black students learn differently than white students. So you have to teach differently to black students. You need to extend different types of rules to the black students than the white students. To me, I'm like, this is the most racist thing I've ever heard. So that's when I started realizing, if this is critical race theory, people need to wake up. They do not understand what this is saying. That even black people, like if anything, black people should be appalled by this. This is saying you're stupid. You're not able to be the same way as a white child. I I just, I was blown away reading her dissertation. So I didn't find out about this until all this happened with Kate. And um, we come Sunday night, I call her back from the movie theater and she basically says, I'm sorry to disturb you on a weekend, but um, we, I was just made aware, which was a lie because she actually found out on that Friday about this and she waited to call me Sunday night. Um, we were just made aware that Kate said some cruel things to some students and we would like for you and Kate to come in and talk with us tomorrow morning before school. Well, anyone that knows Kate knows there's not a mean bone in her body. Like she literally will find the, I hate to say the freak, the person that looks like the outcast, the crazy colored hair, the no, the piercing. She'll all, even to this day, she'll be like, oh, I love their hair color, mom. Look at the color of their hair. Oh, that's a really cool tattoo. Like, she's just got this heart for people. And so, like, she doesn't say cruel things unless it's to her brothers, okay? And so I thought there was just a big misunderstanding. Fine, we'll go in. But it's a big, long story. Found out that the one, the girl that was the black girl in this situation, her mom is huge in the Black Lives Matter, and she's also a diversity, equity, inclusion um, head of an HR. um, She's in charge of this huge company that basically hires people for different jobs, almost not like a headhunting, but like she places people in different positions. She is in charge of that entire DEI for that big corporation, multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, She, I was told before to be careful of that mom because everything gets back related to race. She, they live in this huge home behind a gated neighborhood, but she's still scared of her teenage son. (laughs) Yes, she's afraid. You know, she believes the police literally are just going to go around and shoot her son who's walking in their gated neighborhood. There's just some weird ideologies that their family believes to begin with but I thought she liked me like we had many good conversations in fact Tanya we they were the ones we went and had Baskin Robbins uh or not Brahms we had Brahms ice cream when you lived here with Heidi remember the black woman that's who the mom was and um her daughter was sitting over there with Kate and Heidi and I probably said something and got y'all in trouble oh no (laughs) I know maybe And so, um, but anyways, it just escalated. We go in Monday morning and very long story short, they tell us the story. I'm shocked. And they basically said, so because this was said, there has to be a punishment with it. So Kate has to be suspended for two weeks of school. And I was like, but she didn't know what she was saying. Like even Kate, when they said to her what, what the situation was, she was like, yeah, I said that. Like she was so dumbfounded. She didn't understand. She she didn't deny it. Yes, yes. And basically, you know, back in the days before you were even thought of or born, this this meant 
And obviously, yes, I know that. I remember that monkeys could be a, a racial derogatory. But why would my kids know that? Like, first of all, people don't say that anymore. I didn't think. Like, I never, we, it never crossed my mind until the past year or two when people would. Let me make ask it you this. Way. So, yeah. when they decided to suspend her and you said to them, but she didn't know what she was saying, oh. what was the response? Okay. So, they actually said verbatim, we know that Kate's heart is the sweetest heart and she's just got a heart of gold. And, we know that her character, we are not calling you racist or your family racist, but it doesn't matter the character or the intent of the child that says it. If a student of color perceives it as a racial derogatory and an offense, there has to be consequences. That's exactly what they said. And that's what critical race theory believes. That's what DEI says, that you are going to crucify somebody for an honest and not even a hateful you know, it's not uh, hate crimes. If the store no. owner thought that you might steal something from the store, yes. then you have yes. to be punished, even though yes. you had no intention to steal something well, from no, the store. Yes. So here's the, yeah. the thing that, that would, in their theory, and I still don't agree with this, this, this would make mm -hmm. sense. Instead of punishing the, the, the child who did the thing innocently, if yeah. we're looking at like, a, you have now slapped this young child across the face, instead mm -hmm. of punishing another child, then you actually just do something to make them feel better. Bad. Why is the oh, yes. punishment? Like, why can't, why couldn't Kate have just like, and I, I wouldn't have agreed with this, but I, it would have made more sense, like mm -hmm. to do something nice for yeah, that that's child. What they they do say that so and that's sort of what happened right before our situation um six months before like when we started that seventh grade in the after christmas january was when we started at the school we didn't realize this but they were going through the exact same thing that was when this principal was brand new it was her third day of of, t of being the principal. This was right when we started at the school. And there was another white family that had just been going through the exact same thing with the same black boy, which I don't, I'm not going to trash people's names, but it is somebody that everybody They're, knows. The yeah. Family. I mean, these are big names. Very, this is actually Christian in, in, in the faith-based acting world. Oh okay, yeah. Wow. These are big. They're very, names. these big. are people that the Christian world has elevated. The, yeah. And these are the people that are pushing this narrative. That's why believers need to wake up, yeah. need to do yeah. their own research. We yeah. cannot sit back because the devil is not just coming at this world from the deep state. Yeah. He's no. also coming at it through the church. Yes, yep, yep. And many, yeah. many Christians are going to miss that because they yeah. have the church name or pastor name um, or whatever. Big on a pedestal. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and this was somebody and this was somebody that I always like not idolized, but I really liked her. I would read books, I would do Bible studies, like I, I really liked this very well, high affluent Christian person. Tell and him, I mean tell him what? I mean, like we grew up with our parents mm -hmm. had a lot of biracial friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. We, we oh, are, want, like, and that, yes, and that's the funny thing is, is um, I always wanted to marry a black man, and I know that sounds hilarious, but we grew up with um, Mike and Kim Singletary, who, if people know anything about the NFL football world, Mike Singletary is one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL history. He is in the Hall of Fame. Um, he was he played for the Chicago Bears. He was the reason. Him and his wife are the reasons I came down to Texas to go to Baylor University. Oh wow! Was because They're because very of Singletary. Close friends very, very and actually mike singletary the black football player he married my husband and i 
He was our official. Oh, that's awesome. And um, his wife is white and they have seven inter biracial children. And they were literally like my little siblings. And I was very close to them. I nannied and babysat for them. I was very close. And they still, to this day, are my spiritual mentors. I look at them as very deep spiritual mentors. I reached out to them at the moment that we left there and told we were suspended. I reached out to Kim Singletary and first of all, she said, she kind of laughed. She goes, I'm, I'm so sorry, Tara, that I'm laughing, but this is just the most ironic thing that this would happen to you <laughs> because she knew I wanted to be like her. I wanted to go to Baylor university to marry this most amazing, godly black athlete, just like Mike. And I wanted to have a whole bunch of biracial children. That oh my is gosh. seriously what I wanted. Um, I've always been, you know, I've always been attracted to the darker skin. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I that was, you know, how we all have an attraction, a physical sure. attraction to someone. I've always been attracted. Like that's the way. And I, you know, I'm big and I have a big butt and I'm like, Oh yeah. I, I feel like that, that would be, you know, I felt like they always hit on me too. And so I was never like, we just grew up. And again, what we were told is we were colorblind. We did not notice the difference of a black friend and a white friend, but see critical race theory, it's doing the opposite. They want us to notice the difference. They actually will be offended. If you say you're colorblind, I have exactly. been told this, this is what I was told by even um, this principal at the school is that, you know, we're beautiful colors and we should notice. I said, well, I'm so you notice, you notice when someone has a pimple, you notice if someone is prettier or uglier, or, I mean, you notice those things, but like, you don't treat them any differently. We should. Yes, it's a, right. It doesn't mean much to me. So what happened so, with your daughter then? Like, uh, so did you she take the two weeks suspension? Oh my gosh. Well, we had no choice. And at the time I was so blown away. I did. I was crying. I mean, I'm in the office crying and I was there for about two hours and my daughter's crying and they have to give her a Kleenex. And, um, and they even said the head of the school says, Hey, I mean, our mascot is the lions. Well, I'm giving a lot away. And why wouldn't you have said that you look like a lion instead of a monkey? And Kate looked at her and she goes, well, because lions are like regal and they move with the elegance and a monkey, they're funny. Like they swing from the ropes and they're, they're goofy and they're just, that's the, that's what they've always been portrayed. And that didn't go over well. They're like, you know, they just were so in this dif different world. And even the head of the school told me, we're not saying that you guys are racist, but because we are white in today's day and age, there's things that we are not even aware of she goes for instance we went in um our faculty had some kind of a lunch and i had made a comment about something with our waitress who was a black woman and later the principal had to pull me aside and kind of tell me hey you know that could be taken as blah 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 i wish see at the time i don't think quick on my feet but i wish now if it happened if they said that again i would have immediately said oh so were you suspended for two weeks also and not having to get a paycheck for two weeks and come into school and everyone in the faculty knew that and embarrassed you for the fact that you were racist made a racial slur and but i didn't think of that until way later yeah but um but there now, was grace, i mean you, they, grace, they ended up having to take her out i mean they pulled her out she was suspended from basketball well then, no, so then, no 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 she wasn't suspended so what happened is she was suspended from school for those two weeks and her grades suffered but then because i emailed the head of the school and the principal and emailed just the two of them explaining why biblically because you're a christian school right like you should be really interested in what the bible says about this 
I had put all these verses in about the offense and what God says when you are offended by someone. How do you handle that? You go to the person who offended you first and have a conversation. If that person still is unable to hear you out, you bring another person with you and, and talk to that person. Basically, it's the hierarchy of what steps you take to help you know, reach out to the person that you offended, basically. That was never happened. They never brought Kate with these two students. Never. They did not want them to be together. Now, what we found out, I was going to tell you, is right six months before when we started that school, another child who was a sixth grader was in class during COVID, and the black boy was sitting behind this white student, and the, the black boy sneezed. And the white girl turned around like this and said, ooh, cooties, stay away, because like you're sneezing without a mask and it's COVID. That black student, same black student, went and said that that was a KKK symbol, and he was offended that it was a racial slur. And so this white girl was then, she was sixth grade, 11 years old, 12, brought into the um, office with the head of the school, the principal, the counselor, there was like four or five adults with this one 11-year-old girl, and they interrogated her and made her feel bad for two hours without the mother being present, without the mother knowing about it. Um, and they wow. did tell her, you're going to be suspended, and these are the three things you have to do when you come back. We're going to have you go and have breakfast with all the students of color so you can um, understand what it was like, what it's like to be in America today being a a person of color. The second thing is you are going to make a gift to give to this black student as a I'm sorry type of peace treaty. And then the third is maybe write some like a little thing about how what you've learned from it. I, I forget what the third one was. This is where I'd have my lawyers and I'd be suing this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we are trying. But There's a anyway. KKK symbol now? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, it's the sign of the cross to keep vampires away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, I mean, like, you know, the vampires aren't black. They're, they're actually yes. really, really, really white. Has anybody seen Twilight? No. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> No, no. And, and unfortunately, this has been happening. There is about five of us white families. There's been more situations that just happened this school year. We have had a posse of families now that have all left the school. So when I emailed the principal and the head of school, and this was the same email I sent to Singletary's to proofread, a black person who read it, they thought it was very well written. It was great send it. They were so, they thought it was hateful what I had to say and that the black, the black families involved still need more time and space away from us, even though we don't even, we've never even talked to them. We don't, we haven't even been brought together. Oh my gosh, the um, trauma. Yes. And so they said, my husband and I were banned for the entire semester to watch my daughter play volleyball or basketball. Her sports, we weren't allowed to go to any extracurricular of her activities. Even though the black boy doesn't play the girl sports and the black girl was not even on the team. And so it was a very odd dynamic. And we, you know, Can you and believe this is, that? I, you're paying, I want, you're paying for yeah. this school. You're paying for I know. To, like literally come yeah. and beat me. Yes, and I wanted to, and I'll pay you an extra two thousand yes. dollars. Yes, yes, and I wanted to leave right then and there. Like the day we walked out from the suspension, I was done. But my daughter loved her friends there. She had just been there for a semester. That's it. Yeah. We already pulled her out of the school she had been with since kindergarten. I get you. New I get you. 
And my husband kept saying, Tara, it's not about you or I and how we feel. If I have asked Kate 10 times what she wants to do, she wants to stick it out. She is strong. She is handling this good. And she was, I mean, she literally even said to the next school, once we finally did leave seven weeks later, um, she had like five games left of volleyball and we hadn't seen a single game. Um, finally, we were like, we want to have another meeting. And that meeting didn't go well. They basically said, we just don't feel like this is a good fit for you. And so I was they like, them out of the school in the end in the end they ultimately kicked them out of the school honestly isn't this this is a learning um place for your daughter too okay oh my gosh because here's the thing when you give the version scriptures give no place place to the devil devil. and so the devil comes as an angel light and and you know, this is something that we all have to learn. And I would think that maybe, you know, through, through Tanya, through your experiences, you could say, you could probably say the same thing. You could probably pull Kate to side and be like, no, you've <laughs> yeah. got to stand up against these people. You don't recognize mm-hmm. the devil at work behind this is so satanic. You yeah. can't, it is. And so you had two choices. You either rain down, you know, fire and brimstone on this school and you take authority yeah. over it or if you're supposed to be there or you take, mm-hmm. you pack up your kids and you say, this is a, de- yeah. this is literal demonic demons right here leading yeah. the school. Do I allow them to have that kind of influence in my life? Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, you have to make the decision. Your principal is literally mm-hmm. demonically possessed. And this yeah. is, yeah. that's how this works. When you are, mm-hmm. when you're doing these things, we have to look at the spiritual realm. There is a demonic mm-hmm. stronghold here. And yeah, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. sin feels good. Yeah, sometimes yeah. being in a sinful environment, and, and it may not be that you're in sin, but other people mm-hmm. certainly are. And there is a spiritual yeah. dynamic to who you covenant with and who you're with all day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, and, and that's going back to both Kate and I being the love and mercy part of God. Kate had such a good outlook on this. In fact, she said, mom, you can't blame them because this is the only thing they've been taught to. And so they believe that this is the right thing. So you can't get mad at them. And so I was trying to like see where she was coming from. And she just had so much love for these people that it was like, it's okay, mom, I'm strong. I'll get through this. I was definitely the one having the worst attack because it's against your kid. If it was against me, I probably would have just been like, whatever. But because it was against my kid who has this great heart to begin with, I got mama there. Oh, it's awful. And well, and then we, we finally switched to this private school right now and we love it. And it's, Again, hindsight's 2020. This is where we're supposed to be. We should have been there all along. Everything about it is just, it feels, it's the people And this particular school life. is like opposite of critical race theory. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So this is the funny thing about podcasts. Um, I started right away. I reached out to, which is weird. God brought me to this podcast for the Center for Biblical Unity about six months before all the stuff we started to go through with this school about this CRT Wow. I don't know why, but I just found it interesting. And I started like listening to their podcast and I was like, man, these people are amazing. It's a black woman and a white woman and they're best friends. And they just hit with the truth. I mean, it's a phenomenal. And, um, when this happened that night after she was suspended, I went and private messaged them. They're out of California. (laughs) How crazy is that? They're very strong, conservative Christians. And I sent this private message and you know, they're huge. They're a big podcast group. And I'm like, I'm not going to hear from them. The next morning I had a response right away. And they were like, 
we're so glad you reached out to us. Number one, pull her out of that school. The very first day they wanted me to pull her out of that school. I, again, I had to explain to them, we just can't do that to my daughter because we just pulled her out of the other school she was at. Yeah. And so they understood. And then um, they were just like, you know, this is, you need to do this, do that. They really were a big help for me during that time. That's where I love podcasts because it was my lifeline. They really helped me. That's huge. And, um, and so after we went through all the seven weeks where we were trying to stick it out and never got better, we finally pulled her to the new school. I've made a post on Facebook about our new school. Kate is at this new school and we couldn't be happier. I get another private message from them and they go, oh my gosh, first of all, I am so glad, we are so glad you are finally out of that other school. And second of all, this is a God thing because we were just at the, the new private school that you were at. We oh came gosh. over the summer and did a huge in-service for the entire faculty and staff at your new private school from California. A friend from this new private school loves the Center for Biblical Unity paid for them to come and do a huge critical race theory and how dangerous That's it huge. is to our private school. So I'm like, this is where we're supposed to be. And even when we were being interviewed to go to this new private school, um, the admissions director was, you know, interviewing Kate and they just, you know, they're not surprised that this was happening at this other private school because they have had lots of, they, they hear it's a private school. You hear in the community what's going on in each yeah. school. They know that that school is going downhill. And um, so she's saying like, Kate, you know, how, how did you handle all this? And literally, and I just looked over at Kate and she just like this said to her, well, you know, I just figured Jesus was persecuted so much worse than this. So like, I mean, I could handle this. And the admissions director, her mouth dropped. She started getting tears in her eyes. She goes, that is the most immature thing I've ever heard a 14 year old yeah. child say. And that's how Kate is. And so in a way, I feel like I am having to bear the cross for Kate because she just is handling it so great, which is a blessing. Um, but it has come back. I mean, she's definitely had to go to a counselor because um, she, she did have some moments where I saw it was bothering her and she, she's built a wall up against friends now and doesn't want to have close friends because she doesn't trust people. Yeah. She doesn't know what their intentions are going to be, that they are going to trap her for something innocent again. So she's definitely struggling internally about her relationships. But, um, you know, her outlook on it has been great. But, uh, and it's, again, it just happened this school year, another sixth, no, fifth grader, a fifth grade girl, um, first day of school this school year um, at this old private school was in a small group uh, in language arts with two black boys. And they were reading Where the Red Fern Grows. And it was, they were finished. And so they started going through other stories in this book. And there was a story called Monkeys and Crocodiles in this book. And it's a play. And so it has a narrator, monkey one, monkey two, monkey three, crocodile. And so you, you assign a part and that person reads that part. You know, it's a play. It's a script. And so this little white girl says to the one black boy, okay, you, you read for monkey one. Well, that boy goes... That's rude and racist, a fifth grader, who happens to have it. His dad is on the school board of this private school. They're teaching and this. I mean, it just it goes to show it. that yeah. they're actually teaching racism. Yes. And so they did the same thing to her. They pulled her aside, interrogated a fifth grader, made her feel bad before the mom was even present. Um, they suspended her. She has an identical twin sister. Um, and then an older sister who was a sophomore at this private school who played volleyball. And basically the parents pulled the twins out, um, but they were going to keep the sophomore in high school there because she's only got two more years of high school. Why change that? And she was, you know, a star volleyball player. 
uh, right, like two weeks later, right before a volleyball game, the, the teenager is getting ready to go up there for the game. And the mom just happens to check her email. And in the email, it was from this school basically saying, we have withdrawn all of your, your children. And so she had to then go and tell her daughter from high school, even though she's ready for volleyball, um, you're, you're not going tonight. You're done. You're not playing at this school anymore. And the daughter's like, I didn't even do anything. Wow. And, and literally they punished. It is, and there's more stories. I'm not kidding. There are so many stories that we are trying so they're to looking. So what you're saying yeah. is that with this critical race theory, why it's so demonic is they're looking to take white mm -hmm. kids out. They want yes. to create, they, they have internalized some mm -hmm. sort of anger and hatred in their hearts, yeah. which is what we're supposed to be uprooting anyways with racism. And they yeah. are being racist. It's they like want they want to you to trap yes. white kids mm -hmm. and hurt them. Yep. Not just that, and that, yep. that is, that's I think the primary reason, but I think also there's something deeper because um, in slavery, the reason why we all hate it so much the reason mm -hmm. why we look back on the stains of our history, regardless of what country it is, but especially here in America, we look back on slavery and we we feel it as, you know, being em em empathetic. Like, yes. these people didn't do anything wrong I guess. and they were punished because they didn't do mm -hmm. anything wrong. And I don't mean just being in slavery, but I mean specific instances when they were owned mm -hmm. by their slave masters, yes. they would be not doing anything wrong and then punished. And so yes. I think that in some of these instances, there is that kind of element of, well, we want to show you what it feels like, but two yeah. wrongs don't make a right. Make a right. That's exactly. That's how we teach people things. You it, teach them yeah. by telling them the history. So, and what we need to yeah. do is wipe away any sort of reference of monkey to black people. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, they said that. They did say that to me. The principal said, that's why we don't allow the kids in elementary school. They don't play monkey in the middle. But the funny thing is, this that's is the, not that's, true. But this is not true. See, there is a difference of black people in America. There is the liberal woke and there is the conservative black. There are exactly. two different sides of this because not right after we finally left that school and we were at the new school, I do a carpool system in my neighborhood where I bring my younger boys to their elementary school and our good neighbors across the street, they're a black family from New York, but they're originally from the Caribbean islands love them. They're like some close, close friends of ours. And um, their little girl is the same age as my little boy. And so I bring her back and forth to school. And right after we left this private school, I'm over there picking up the kids from the elementary school. I'm standing outside because they come walking out. And I'm talking to some friends, some other moms. And the little black girl, all of a sudden, is like, Miss Tara, Miss Tara, look, look. And I turn and she's like hanging from the tree. She goes, look, I'm like a monkey. And she said that. Well, all of me, uh, my little town here, everyone that knows me knows what we have gone through because I'm not going to be quiet about it. I've, I've told everybody, they'll listen what we've gone through. So the friend I'm talking to, her eyes got so big. She was like, I can't believe she just said that. She's black. But again, it's not true. So when this principal says black people find offense to this, no, because that email I sent to a black man who is a spiritual giant and he did not see an offense to that. And so she's being racist. She thinks that yeah. all black people think this way. And I'm like, that's not true. There is a whole group of black people that would come gladly to talk to you guys and educate you guys that this isn't true history. You are not doing justice to what is really happening in this world. And you know, it's just, it's interesting 
you know, again, I'm thrown into this. Never in a million years would I ever think this type of thing would happen because I always like, I love everybody, especially right. black people. I'm like, what? I remember being like 10, watching some sh movie up in my bedroom about the, bl the history of like black slaves. Maybe it was the color purple. I don't remember what movie it was. And I was boo-hooing and I oh, went yeah. downstairs crying to my mom. I hate that we're white. I don't want to be white. But see, that's not okay. We should not make white kids feel guilty for being white. We shouldn't make black kids feel guilty for being black. It's, right. it's, part it's partiality at the finest. And it's just reversed. And that racism can be, when actually the Center for Biblical Unity told me, no, 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 Tara, don't use the word reverse racism. There is, that's not I biblical. Know. And there's, there's no such thing as reverse racism. Right. Racism is racism, and it doesn't exactly. matter where it's coming from. Exactly. And so we 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 experience racism, and but again, we're not the marginalized people, as what they said. So you can't be you can't be the victim of racism. That's what they that's told why. Us. So uh, Leah and I, um, we were we took a three thousand mile bicycle trip across the country, and we ended up during a hurricane down in Georgia and was, South Carolina. South it was South Carolina. And um, oh. we didn't realize that we were, some people had let us stay at, at, at their um, mother's house that was, that was, she wasn't in right now. So, so we could ride out the hurricane because we were on bicycles. So we ride out this hurricane for three days, but we need food. So we walked to a grocery store. We walked to a Piggly Wiggly. We didn't realize that we had crossed some sort of train tracks. We walk into the Piggly Wiggly. It's all black people. Didn't bother us at all we grew up in government yeah. housing we knew something was yeah. weird we walked in everybody stopped and but but when we walked <laughs> in literally the whole like people kept like staring at us like you shouldn't be here do you know that you shouldn't be here like we didn't know that we didn't feel it we're just like we're at their grocery store like we're traveling across the country it was kind of like they're checking us store. out like I don't know. Well, like these three yeah. white girls like my mom she was probably my age at the time and uh and so anyway as we start walking back uh, up up to the house, there was a, a car full of black girls and they started yelling all these racial slurs at us. And we were just kind of like, it was a very strange experience for us. And so oh, when we told wow. that story, this was like 20 years ago, 19 years ago, mm. when we told that story, we would say we, we experienced reversed racism. Why do you say something like that? You say it because we are ingrained that yes. only black people receive racism. Yeah. Yep. So, so as, yep. so I was trained that way. I was trained yep. that, that literally it's impossible yes. for black people to be racist. Yeah. We didn't yeah. understand. We moved, we, we, after our parents got divorced, we moved into government housing for a little bit and we went to the swings and there were some black girls on the swings and they're like, you can't, you can't swing here. You're white. And we're just like, uh, we're like laugh. Like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like yeah. Yeah. that's so stupid. And, yeah. and then they would do, they did this double Dutch. And Michelle yeah. and I would go outside and they're like, no, you can't jump with us. You're white. And we're just yeah. like, and so what we did, we killed them with kindness. We were like, yeah. you don't have enough people here. <laughs> <laughs> you need us. Somebody just, I'll yeah. tell you what, I, we don't have yeah. to jump. Just give me the rope and you we can would, jump. Yeah. We would okay. Jump. And then finally, then they <laughs> let us. And, but we, we experienced um, a lot yeah. of racism there. Oh yeah. And it was very strange. And it was, and, and I just felt sorry for them and, and just it because never, of the mindset. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, and so what it is, is that when somebody is, is, in this situation that we're in right now, we have to be able to, what you guys are doing is apply biblical principles to it. That's like right. you did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
when you wrap up your story here, because I know we don't have much mm -hmm. time left, and how how has this like shaped your view of of like the world? And you said you're you're out of the social justice movement now because you're seeing mm -hmm. how damaging it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to just educate people, and that might go back to again my personality, but being a nurse, what do you do when when I'm labor and delivery? So when moms have new babies, they're just like they don't know, and I love the part of educating them and just helping them feel like um, confident in in themselves and what they they're wanting to do as a new mom. I feel like that's the same thing that I'm called to do in this social justice movement, um, both all spectrums of race. I feel like um, my white Christian friends that feel like what they're standing for on social justice is what God would want from them. That whole yeah. walk humbly, justly, you know, what's that verse that everyone is yeah. using? On? Like, uh, um, yeah, so I feel like I see so many of my white Christian friends talking about that in regards to the George Floyd stuff and the social justice and Black Lives Matter, but they're getting it wrong. They're using it out of context and it's, it's actually just it's a it's a messed up way of thinking and and so i feel like my calling is just to share our story because honestly even all of our black friends that i've shared my story to they are just as appalled as to what has happened and even if they are on their side on that social justice side i think knowing that they know us and know our heart that it is making them rethink some of their beliefs on this issue and so where it's sort of helping the fact that i do have so many people that respect me and and like me because i've always just been a kind person there's nothing they can ever hold against me to say otherwise right that that it helps in my my argument about this because um they just they respect what i have to say and so um you know but there's still some times where it's frustrating because it's timing like what you said you, patience and how even being single that you need to trust god's timing that there is that there's beauty in that waiting yeah. it's hard because you want those results right away in all areas of your life you want that that quick fix of losing weight or whatever. And I feel like I want to see the transformation. And I feel like it's been a year and a half since what we went through at this school. And I feel like nothing has really come of it besides sharing my story. I want, I want there to be a change in the school. Sure. I want to see that because again, like I said, there's been now cases since we've left where it's still happening and it really makes me angry like this righteous anger because i'm like i didn't save that family i should have been able to but nobody knows up there i mean i've met with some teachers even at that school i just met with them friday another teacher that is very concerned with what they're hearing and seeing up at this school i mean very liberal people that are like upset about the um the overturn of the federal government um, on abortion all these people at this private Christian school were so upset over that. They they feel like abortion should be legal for every woman. And it's a Christian school. And and now they just appointed somebody as a the youth pastor for the high school. And I I, I have this huge discernment, 99% feeling that this person is maybe a homosexual. And so there is some really crazy, scary things happening. And I don't know how to help that school. And right. 
you know, and, and that's where it's, it can be debilitating. Cause you're like, what, do, God, what do you want me to do? Besides telling the story to anywhere, anyone that will listen, I don't know what legally I'm trying. I need to talk to Paul Davis, the guy we just met, like he's a lawyer. And I'm like, yeah. I should have asked him, like, what do we do legally? And what can we do? Because, you know, these schools, they're smart. They know how to have their, their, um, whatever the, not code of conduct, um, their contract or you know legal mm-hmm. stuff well, they, they basically put it into their they've yeah they basically say their HR they basically, documents. yes and i mean they are at the liberty of choosing whatever punishment they seem fit for that situation so it's like what kind of stronghold can we even really what legally can we put on them well to, and honestly and i would ask i my question to a lawyer would be are we allowed to just say the name of this school right because yeah, that's, that's to me the biggest tool that you have to be able to go yeah. out and say Walmart did this. Yes, yes. I worked right. for and Walmart, I and Walmart did this. You know, yes. like and we I all do. Know that- go ahead. Yeah, and I do that here, like. But I just, I'm not sure what I should do on a public forum yet for podcasts. And um, I wanted to write a Google review, but then I also was like, do I want my name on there? I, I don't know legally what are my best choices. Right, exactly, at, yeah. All of the, all of the people I, I tell the story to, everyone knows the school here. I mean, sure. it, I've, I've, but I'm also careful just, you know, and it's, it wouldn't take long for anyone to find out because if they are on Facebook and they right, go back through my, they know, they see what school she was at, what school she's at now. I mean, it's easy to connect the dots, but you know, legally, I'm just trying to be careful. But, but but going back to the whole question on social justice, I just, I want, especially for Christians, you know, I can handle, and that's where like being at a public non-Christian school, I can forgive a lot of these errors of believing things right. that are of the world, because it's, what do you expect? I do not like Christians that are believing something that is so anti-biblical. To me, that is the worst. They're just not critical. Well, saying, here's the thing. Yeah. You know why? And this is kind of, this is, we can kind of uh, wrap it up with this. This is, this is what's, what you're saying. I truly believe in justice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is I believe in justice that God is yes. just. That's and right. what yes. happened to my daughter was not just. And that yes. we have a just God and we need justice. Mm-hmm. And what yes. you're saying for these other families is that what happened to the little girl, what happened to that the the, the sophomore, that was that was unjust. Yes. Okay. And yes. what happened to the family that happened okay, before you, this is unjust. And so when yes. you look them in the eyes, you need to recognize that actually their, their twisted view. And this is yep. what, you know, when you study Thomas Jefferson and you study uh, emancipation, there were two, mm-hmm. um, thoughts and one was gradual emancipation because what do you do with a million people who don't have land who don't have homes do you do a gradual emancipation do you free them slowly mm-hmm. or do you do immediate emancipation and just let the chips fall where they may and there mm-hmm. was a, a group of uh young people at a christian school here in cincinnati and they call them lanes Re- lanes rebels and it was actually the dean of the school was harriet beecher stowe's uh father and wow. it was a Christian school. And there was a debate that happened over two weeks. There was um, a young man, there was a young man who, who was here from Kentucky, we're in Cincinnati, and he was a slave owner. And he didn't see, he saw biblically, there was a, he saw biblically there was a, a right for slavery. <clears throat> and there was another young man who, who held a two week debate on, on slavery. He convinced everyone in the school uh, in, in t- that there should be immediate 
emancipation, not gradual emancipation. It doesn't matter where you, where people are going to live. Nobody can be a slave. And that that young man from Kentucky went back and freed his slaves. And then they become they became known as Lane Rebels. They traveled all around Ohio to the point where uh, and talking about immediate emancipation, they go into some towns. They, they uh, mm-hmm. tomatoes would be thrown at them. Uh, and they weren't always received well. And actually, the uh, the deans of that school squashed and said there will be no more discussion on slavery. That school ceased to exist. Nobody wanted to go to that school anymore because the young people were so fired up with something that was righteous and just. And so you yeah. fight. So I would say that the fight that you're doing is the exact fight that and, is to be and done. And know that here's mm. here's the thing. Mm. There's no such thing as gradual ju- justice for this. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can love people, but they're on the wrong side. They're hurting yeah. people. And so we mm-hmm. have to be able to make that distinction in our minds and in our hearts. And when we're talking with people and when, you, when that, when that fervor comes out of you, you have such a strong stance. that says, no, this mm-hmm. is literally the opposite. So would you stand for racism? Would you stand if somebody was literally going up to a black person saying you're nobody, yes. blah, 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 blah. Yes. You would make a stand. You yes. wouldn't just love would. a white person and say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to love you through that. We need to mm-hmm. flip it on the on the, on the head. And Christians have mm-hmm. to stop being on the defense so much and go on the mm-hmm. offense against what you're talking about is mm-hmm. true, complete racism. It's evil. It's unjust. Mm-hmm. And it's actually racist to the black kids more than it is to the yeah. white kids. Yep. Yeah, oh, yep. Yeah. Any Absolutely. reference to the monkeys a reference to you? No. 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 It's no. Not. Okay. How high you need is to that? be taught yeah. differently because yeah. of systemic racism. No, you yeah. are equal. You're smart. You know. And so these are the things yes. that, that you can do. And so I'm going to be praying that God will. And open I also awesome. I, I want to. Uh, and then we'll we'll toss it back to you guys for final thoughts here. But uh, just to round off that that thought process is. Uh, when we when we speak, our words hold so much power. Yes. Jesus said to the fig tree dry up, don't produce food, fruit anymore. We have that power. So we can say to these schools, dry up. You are not a Christian school. You are no longer able to operate as a Christian school. Wow. You're not able to operate Walk as a school. Walk around the like, school, pray over the school. You know wow. what I mean? And you can get wow. other people on board with that. The people that know your story because that as they drive by, being hurt there. we have shut down mm. Hooters. And I mean that mm. just by praying against it. I'm, I'm sure God had other people praying against those hooters as it well. It caught on fire. We, was yep. <laughs> we did not catch the we hooters on fire. We, we, we have shut down tarot card places, like just by driving by and cursing it. Out of the mouth um, flow blessings and cursings. We think mm. about the blessings of God. Abraham blessed Isaac. Isaac blessed Jacob. Jacob blessed his 12 mm. sons. There's a blessing that can be had. Remember, so if there's no good fruit from that fig tree, so there's Jesus curses that we can, we can curse so things. We absolutely that's a good things that are not of God and they have to shut down. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what I've done to the medicine that my daughter mm. Was given mm. free. Jesus, that name. was I. I, w- I spent about two hours in inter- heavy intercession, and it was cursing that in every. And that's that's what we're mm. called. And as you know, like you said, as wrapping up, that's that's what I hope Christians will take away and understand. Mm. One, you've got to know Jesus and who He is, and how He works, and how He operates, and you have to know the Father, and you have to know the Holy Spirit. You have to know. Because you can't curse if you don't know, or you're, right. you're going to say who knows what. And then take a stand and be who Christ said we were created for. That's who we mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. then we change our world. That's how, I mean, mm-hmm. that's at the core of it. Yes, we can add all these other nice things of try this. But at the end of the day, that's how mm-hmm. we change things. And that can be applied to every mountain of influence Amen. in our whole nation, in our whole oh, that's world. That's so good. That's so good. Yep. 
I actually do want to have you guys back on because the one, I, I, I know we were really not doing interviews, but the one thing that we didn't get to go into because it's like, you started Tanya with like 10 sermons. And, <laughs> sorry, Mike, we could have taken so many paths. And, you know, I really want to go into the pornography. I'd love mm -hmm. to have a show on the damages of pornography and mm -hmm. its effects on marriages because it's something that uh, I don't think people talk about very much at all, but it affects mm -hmm. like 99% of people. No, it does. And mm -hmm. and I think about kind of World War II, there's that old saying that everybody lost somebody, like whether it was a brother mm -hmm. or an uncle or a nephew or a son or a father or whatever, like everybody was touched by World War II. We are at a place where quite literally yes. everyone yes. is touched in some capacity by someone mm -hmm. that they know and love that is struggling with this or is married to someone that is struggling with. And so then by by definition, they're struggling with it as well or have had experience. And so this is, it, it's a huge thing in the church today. And and it's an attack from the devil. And I, and I, mm -hmm. I agree with Leah that we need to hash that out. We've not really hashed it out on our show before, even though we're very well versed in it as well from just dealing mm -hmm. with Teen Challenge and Young yeah. Men uh, there as well. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of, yeah, that I would love that because that's one of yeah. the biggest topics. The thing is, we all have the topics that affect us the most. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. And that's what makes us actually have a voice, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like if I wouldn't have walked through that, and that's like my daughter with her being in this place, I believe, and I will call it forth, she has going, she has a ministry to those who Amen. are affected by that's the transgender and gender yep. dysphoria mm -hmm. world. Because so she's walking her journey right now right. to build that experience so that she will have that voice. I hated walking through it. I would never wish it on anybody else. But based on the statistics, the majority of women are walking through that same thing. No, it's so, so true. Good. And they don't want to talk about it and they're ashamed. And I mm -hmm. to encourage people, you know, and a lot of people say, um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I'm, I'm the mm -hmm. culmination of all the bad things in my life. Um, I, what was so amazing about God is that he can take the most horrible, awful thing the that should have never, ashes. never should have mm -hmm. happened to you. Okay. And so we need to be able to go to that place where no, God did not yeah. ask you to go through three marriages and divorces, mm -hmm. but he is such a redeemer that mm -hmm. he takes those, he can take those situations and he makes it like, well, God, how could I have even been where I'm at right now if I hadn't gone through A, B, C, and D? Because right. he mm -hmm. takes whatever it is that we mess up. He's like, okay, here, here you are now. I'm going to make it look like this was the plan all along. Yeah, that's he's how good. good. But it because wasn't that's because he see. is good. God yeah. is good. He doesn't want bad things. He doesn't want your daughter to have to go down this journey in order mm -hmm. to minister to those people. But because she's going it down this, look like it, it will look like it. Like God's how perfect that. God is. So we have yeah. to be able to tell people, no, God didn't want your loved one to die. Okay. God didn't want these bad things to happen, but mm. this is how redemptive he is, that it will look like he did. And that's, I think that that helps people understand God a little bit better. Wait a minute. No, because there's a lot of Christian songs out there that kind of bother me about like, uh, there's this one song, but I trust you. Like it was a, a singer who lost her daughter. I don't know the singer and I don't know the story. So I hate, I don't want to be judgmental, but this, the, it really bothers me that like God, essentially people say, why did you, you, God must've just needed my loved one up in heaven. Yes, and it's he such a wrong theology. Yeah. There's wrong theology. It is. And it's, there's just sin in this world. 
bad mm -hmm. things happen because of sin in the world. It doesn't have to be sin of that person. It's right. just sin. Mm -hmm. And we may not understand it, but I don't think that we should pit the bad things on God just mm -hmm. because we don't understand mm -hmm. them. And so, yeah. um, so I'm with you a hundred percent that yeah. out of this, your daughter is going to have a ministry and a mm -hmm. calling, literally a, a divine calling from God to minister to these young, confused kids because there are, and here's the thing, Tanya Joy, and I feel like this might be, this is prophetic um, for you and for your daughter in this moment. There are way more children suffering from this than we would like to admit. And that mm -hmm. means that the ministry to them is going to be huge going forward. Mm -hmm. And so because you are such a righteous mom, then God mm -hmm. has chosen your daughter not to go through the transition period or have to go through this, but because she is, he's saying, then that daughter is going to be the one, one of the ones that I need mm -hmm. to minister, yes. right? Because God's mm -hmm. going to need ministers in this moment. And I feel like God's saying he could, you could, he could choose from anybody, but you because know, of your righteousness, he will have chosen her, her to sit down with people who have detransitioned. De you know, we met yeah. one, we met a girl who had a, at our tent revival, we had a tent revival this year. And, um, a, a young woman had come up to us. She was like 23, 24 and she had had a double mastectomy. She had stubble on her face and she had very little hair. So when you're talking to your daughter, she, well, you uh, said you don't, she doesn't talk to you right no, now. I don't have any connection to okay. her. She, oh. she, um, she, she is a true prodigal and, and for people that have the prodigals out there, yeah. something that has challenged me that I want to make sure prodigal parents understand the prodigal father does not chase after his prodigal son and talk him into coming back. That's he so never true. does that. He lets his son go. That is hard. That is mm -hmm. very, very hard. And then he waits and the son repents, which means he does a 180. He changes his thoughts. He changes his ways. He changes before he comes back. And then he comes That's back so in a repentant state. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the father runs to him. And my daughter, when she comes back, I will do the same. Yeah. But I will not chase her right now because she's not at the place she can hear it. So sure. anyway, wow. No, absolutely. That's, That's really good. good. We definitely, I love you guys. We have to, this I know. So good. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. The, it's just, and I think it's, 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 so we're, we will be praying for your daughter. What, um, what's her name? Can we say, can we say her name? So her given her. name is Hannah Moriah. Okay. Spelled oh, like cool. Mount Moriah. And the Lord gave me that name. I saw her in a dream a year before I was even married. Oh, wow. So she is called of the Lord. Her wow. name was given to me in a dream. Her name means grace. Mm -hmm. And a Mount Moriah, that's where Isaac was sacrificed. So That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. God knows. This is, literally, this is an Isaac moment for you. Yeah. Wow. And the Lord knows and the Lord gives those names. He, that those names, there's destiny in our names. And that's, yes. so anyway, it's, it's good. That's a very oh. prophetic name. That's crazy. Wow. I'm, I'm blown away by that. All right. Yeah. So I think yeah. we should do kind of like a round of prayer to end yes. this off. Does that sound good? Yes. So yes. I'll, I'll lead it off and then we'll just kind of go in a circle. Uh, so dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Tara and Tanya for the call that you have on their lives, for their unique paths that they've gone down and all of the different things that each of them have, have gone through, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that you are using that to 
essentially spread your kingdom and spread your gospel and spread your message. And I thank you that we don't all have to go through experiences in order to be able to minister to those uh, who are suffering, but that you do take our experiences and allow us to really to get in there and get into the nitty gritty. And I thank you for these sisters that you have uh, united us with that are so similar to us in so many ways. And I just lift up Tara and Tanya to you. And I just pray that you send them out to the nations that you, you, you send them before people that need to hear their message and that their message will be anointed, that you will um, anoint Tara to be able to speak to these mountains, to these uh, corrupt and evil places that are indoctrinating children and to be able to cause them to dry up and to no longer uh, be able to do these things. And I just pray that every ministry that she blesses will be blessed. I pray that her family will, will be blessed, that Kate will be blessed and her sons and her husband, that um, she will be a true Proverbs 31 woman, that her children rise up and call her blessed. And I just thank you so much for Tanya mm -hmm. and her children and, uh, and Hannah Mariah. And I just thank mm -hmm. you that she has a call on her life to minister to these broken that have been abused. They have been groomed. Uh, there are pedophiles in our system and they need to be brought to justice. And I thank you that Tanya is in a position to be able to speak to that and to bring justice to these situations. And I just lift up her future to you and, and the man that you have called her to be with, that he will be, uh, be being ready in the bullpen and the waiting right now um, and being perfected just for the moment when she meets him. And I just thank you that you're going to bless the words that come out of her mouth when she speaks to uh, so many people that listen that you will uh direct her her platform and her rebranding and it'll be exactly what you want it to be so lord god we give you all glory honor and praise in this moment and we thank you for all that you're doing in jesus name i thank you for these two lovely um ladies i thank you that um you have given them uh giftings and callings and you know as i as i was just sitting here praying you know the, the part of the story that we didn't get to go through um is that um both both tanya and tara were in beauty pageants and and they were in a different kind of beauty pageant than we see today it was more um if i could and i'm getting to a word here it was more um on who you were as a character as a as your character and your person and you actually had to have oratory skills and you had to be able to answer questions and i feel like the lord was saying that god um used the the elements of this world like we're mm. using right now with uh technology he used the system that was in place to um allow you guys to have the confidence to be able to speak because mm. he knew one day you would need to have a voice, but um, school today doesn't teach oratory skills. That's right. uh, they yeah. don't. Uh, they don't have you recite poems and uh, and and speak. And so you need a platform in order to give yourself confidence to go out mm. and speak and to hold yourself well and to be confident. So uh, just know mm. that the 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 whole beauty pageant is more about giving you confidence. Because one day he was going to give you a, a platform to speak. And so you can use that and say, you know, this was the element of the world and God has changed it. Just maybe like a football player or something like that. And, um, and I just, I just pray over you right now that God will allow your words to go forth beyond what you think Amen. beyond. And so into the spiritual realm. And so we're just speaking to the critical race theory right now mm. as a group. And we're yes. saying, you don't have a whole yes. nation. America Amen. is yes. not a divided nation. We are the melting yep. pot of the world. And, and the, and other countries mm. look at us and think that we are divided. We are not divided. Mm. The devil wants to divide mm. us. We are a Christian nation. We are one nation under God. I went to school. Black kids were fine. White kids were fine. Hispanic kids were fine. 
fine. Everybody's fine together. We watch. Yeah. We grew up watching MTV. This is this is not that we should have been, but <laughs> we are we are people who love one another. This is that's the base of this nation. We are people who grow and learn. And so I just pray right now that in everybody in the sound of my voice that they will begin to have a backbone and grow a spine and will stand against this critical race theory nonsense that is totally and completely racist. And we are not going to allow racism back into this nation again. Mm. We curse it right now. We bind it. We cast yes. it into the sea. Yes. And I just thank you, Father God, that it's going to go into the sea of forgetfulness, that America is going to be known as that city shining on the hill where there is love, brotherly love. And we're not going to be pointing our fingers at, at one another. We are going to love each other. We're going to judge mm. with righteous judgment and we're going to have true justice and what that looks like. And I thank you, Father mm. God, uh, for Hannah Mariah right now. We are speaking forth to you. You are a child destined for greatness. Amen. You have giftings. Mm. You yes. have callings. You are a beautiful young woman yes. of God. And what the devil has mm. tried to twist and lie to you, we pull those lies out of your brain right now in yes. Jesus' name. Yeah. And the rest of the kids right now who are being broken right now by, by this nonsense, by this gender-bending nonsense, if you were born a girl, God has a great, wonderful calling for yeah. you to be a woman of God. If you were born yeah. a boy, then God has a great calling on you to be a man of God. And Father God, with it, whether it's food or whether it's culture or whether it's nurture, whatever it is, we just break those strongholds on these children. We loose you right now yes. to be the people yes. that God has called you to be, to be the men and women God has called you to be, the girls and boys God has called you to be, to embrace mm. the differences, embrace exactly who God has called you to be. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You don't need to cut off body parts. You don't need to change your yes. hormones. You are called. You are gifted. And I thank you, Father mm. God, that these two uh, ladies right now are going to be gifted mm. to speak forth words, not just in 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 their podcast, but it's going to go into the Amen. spirit realm. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father God, mm. for their humility to tell their stories, to go to those raw places mm. of your heart and say, I have been there in those raw places mm. and God has healed me and let me show you the way out. And I just pray that you continue to bless this ministry of, of mm. healing broken hearts right now in Jesus name. Amen. Wow. Yes, Lord God, we just, I just thank you for connections and for networking mm. and that you're bringing your tribe together yes. that as mm. we are walking through these days, which I don't know how close we are to the end. It sure looks like we are, but God, I know that there's been times in history that look like that. So I don't even <laughs> want to try to figure mm -hmm. out when that is. All I know is we are mm. living in days that are biblical. Amen. We are walking through days that mm. were like Noah. We are walking through days that were like the Exodus. We are walking through days that we can find throughout the word. And so, God, I ask that you would rise up the warriors within us, continue to bring our tribes together, because we are in days where we need to be together. We are fighting a spiritual battle, and we can't all be one shooting in to the right and one shooting to the left, and then we yeah. miss the enemy because he's right in front of us in the wow. center. So, God, make yeah. us continue to, to bring our tribes together, continue to break down the walls between um, people that need to be connected. But God, the people that you know should not be connected, wow. shut the doors in the name Amen. of Jesus, cut them yeah. off, block them. We don't have the time to waste. That's right. We have Amen. to work together. So God, continue mm. to bring your tribe together. I thank you so much that not only mm. are you allowing my sister and I to do something for the first time ever and really in our <laughs> lives, but now you've connected us. Mm. Us with these awesome sisters, you've yeah. connected us with others that are they've got the same passion, they've got the same yes. hearts, and God, where two or more are gathered, you are there. We've got four of yeah. us. Imagine yeah. how yes. powerful you are in this yes. midst. So I just thank you for that and glorify your name and praise your yes. name, Jesus. Yes. 
And Father God, I just thank you so much for directing our paths um, together with the Resistance Chicks and for the blessing that you have given to both of our families that, um, that we are going to be bold and we're going to stand up for the truth, Lord. And I just pray that you soften the hearts of all those that need to hear these messages, Lord. I pray that, that their eyes would be open and their ears would be open. And I just pray that you give us the right words um, and the right compassion that is needed for each individual person that we come in contact with, Lord, that you continue to direct our paths um, to bring us the right people into our lives, Lord, and then close the doors to those that are not are not here for good. And I just ask that you rise up this um, this passion for the church and other believers to really see what is happening and to get this righteous anger that we want what you want for us, Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, we just thank you so much for the connection that you have made here. And uh, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You know, um, we, yeah. did a, we did a little series uh, with a couple friends of ours, and it was on women in ministry. And we did we did three or four episodes on that. And I just feel um, led, I know, right, to have you back. I just got a word <laughs> when I was, uh, it was called raw and real. And so I felt like, like this episode would be raw and real. Um, mm. One mom's journey through critical race theory. And then mm. I'd like to do another episode that with, says, the Gibson <laughs> with the Gibson girls that would say yep. um, raw and real. Uh, the journey, journey through, through one woman's journey through pornography, oh, yeah. uh, or, and, and, or yeah. dealing with pornography, not we'll even just, it's a working title. It's a working title, but oh, like, I think awesome. that this would be one of those things we haven't really laid bare. Like I would like to, we, we really stay on the surface of things. And every once in a while we do these like live videos and I'll do a, a, a kind of get real with people and raw, but you guys have a really, um, you're more uh, unlike Michelle. Michelle goes <laughs> Michelle goes deep into that. Um, I was the kid. I came home from public school, and the kids would be like a phrase or whatever, and I would be like, "Mom, what's this mean?" And yeah. Leah's going, "I don't want to know." La 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 la. And I'm like, oh, "I want to know." Like, let's talk about this. Like, I am. I will come up to a perfect stranger, and I'll be like, "This is what God's saying. Let's talk." You know, yes. like I, yes. I want to get right to the nitty gritty of things. Yeah. I find relationships yep. are more meaningful yeah. when you go yes, deep. They are. Mm -hmm. I like. I will go deep with norm with in in with people that I've that no. I get. But in my brain, it takes like, me some time to get a little deeper with people. But that's because but of we're pain talking about trauma, audience of you know? thousands of thousands of people. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know. Isn't that and weird? And I'll do that. Ever. Okay, if I have a conversation, can there's plausible deniability? Didn't say it. I do okay. not recall. <laughs> All right, but if it's on video with thousands of people, it's I know you got to curate what you're saying. I mean, they said that about Donald yeah. Trump. Donald Trump, why don't yes. you? Why did you go have dinner with Nick Fuentes? Didn't you know who he was? And the other people yes. like you got as if you're going to be president, you got to know who you're going to be around. I'm like, that's why we liked yes. him as president because he just let people bring their friends with them. Yes, yes. I know them yes. because my friends are always going to go meet Donald Trump. I have never yes. met, him, but I, I'm one. Everybody I know has met Donald Trump because they're like, I'm just going to bring my friend. You want to go to Mar-a-Lago? Okay, I know, right? You know, Chris Burgard's like, I'm going to Mar-a-Lago. Amanda Grace, you want to go? She's like, sure, we're going to go. You know, so it's like that's what made Donald Trump so cool. So yeah, one Nick Fuentes is going to get in there, and Kanye was is going to act a little weird. Oh, great, great. Right. Yes. So things are going to happen when you're open and, and, and you're, and you're open like yeah, that. It is, yeah. it is a dangerous thing to be that, to be yes. that open. But I think it's important, especially yes. on these topics, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to just, because, and again, 
as females, and this show may cater to females. That's fine. I mean, I hope that 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 men will watch this program as well because I think it'll be really insightful for you. Um, but we, our brains and our thinking are gifted in a certain bent. We have certain weaknesses and we have certain strengths. And I think that uh, that it needs to be discussed where all of the, we do tend to go a little bit deeper into things yeah. than, than men do. We just do. That's, yes. that's a gifting that we have. Yeah. And so I think yep. that that's important for these topics to do so. So you're saying you want to do a series with the Gibson girls on like a three-part series, like three or four I issues that would be raw and real. Yeah. Like let's yeah. do it. Raw and real uh, pornography, raw and real, you know, yeah. you're over 40. How do you, how do you stay in shape? You know, mm -hmm. these kinds yeah. of things, mm -hmm. how do you biblically do this? You know, uh -huh. and I just talk about things. I think people would really be interested. I think they I, would love it. <laughs> you know, my, my passion has always been, and Tanya will attest to this, it's, it's always been abortion. I've been very, very outspoken on abortion. I went into nursing because, um, I mean, I do NICU. I work with these preemies that are 24-week preemies wow. that they are being aborted. And, and I have the medical background. And so I've always been led to really more and talk about abortion because I'm so confident with it. But then when all the social justice happened, I kind of was veered off a little to a path, but I still do have a passion to talk to people on abortion just because I, I feel like that's another strong yeah, thing that's that a needs good to one. be told. Yeah, there's a lot of topics. I would love okay, it. I yeah. think we I've should got, do it. I've got, we got, we have This three. is, we are, I'm going to include all of this in the show. Mm -hmm. I'm not cutting it. Good. Yeah. Raw and oh my gosh. We're, we're brainstorming do... live. Okay, we're guys, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank we love you. you. God loves you. God bless. Tara and Tanya love you. And we will see you next love time you. when we get real and raw, raw and real raw with and the Gibson girls. Okay. Love bye, guys. God bless. Bye. Um, okay, so we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead this conversation, but I do want to hear about this weekend, and uh, you guys can tell everybody about that, because I saw you were, you both looked so beautiful, Tara, with your cowboy boots. How um, tall are you guys? Tall, are you guys tall? How tall are you? She's I'm 5'10". Five, five, I, I am. I was looking, okay, I saw and you. And I'm a midget. Yeah. I'm like 5'4". Okay. So oh my saw, gosh. But I had, in the, in the movie premiere, I had like four or five inch heels on. I was trying to figure I am really tall and I hate it because people, even at this thing this past weekend, someone's like, oh, your sisters, are you older? And I'm like, no, I'm younger. Just because I'm bigger than her doesn't mean I'm older than her. <laughs> Lived it with it my whole life. I'm 5'7". Yeah. I'm almost 5'8". I'm like a, a little over 5'7 and a half. And so, okay. and Leah's 5'4", a little less than 5'4". Oh. And so oh I've gosh. always been, that. I get that too because I'm, I'm I always, people are like, she, how old are you? I'm like, I'm three inches taller and she's three years older. She makes That's how I say <laughs> That's how we are. Stand That's on something in yes, here. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. she says it looks weird. It does look weird. So oh, I'm no. standing it on does. something. It well, does. I'm sitting did on you, something, but. Did it's you, so okay, wait, did y'all see the funny picture that we put up yesterday morning? No. And my mom's like, Tara, pick her up. So she's holding me like a baby. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> and then there's one where we're both standing next to each other and I have flats on. She had some cowboy boots. And you really, I mean, it, we look like Butt and Jeff. It looks ridiculous. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. my That's gosh. not quite at all what we what we. I feel like, especially because I usually wear a big Imagine boot, if you I were do look a lot different. Oh. I can't imagine if I was 5'10". That's two more inches. You have to stop saying that it bothers you that I'm shorter because that's, like, that's really, a big difference. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because, especially if like, like, you, like you were wearing flats, Tanya. Yeah. And like, so if Leah's literally flat and then I stand like... I, 
I'm just not used to it. Like it throws me off. I'm like looking down, like way down at her and I stand next to her and I'm like a whole head <laughs> above her. Here, let me yes. show you. Wait, wait, wait. Can I'm not standing that, on something. Like, yeah, it's so wait, different. Wait, you are standing on something. Here, stand on the ground. Okay. Right here. Here. So you're standing. You don't, Leah, you don't oh my sit gosh. during the, oh yeah. So yeah. we are. It's like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel even ours is even a bigger difference. Like I am yeah, a I giant. Yeah, I Tara looks like a and giant I, compared to me. And like, she was making fun of me because we were talking about some, uh, my mom had these really cool shoes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love them. What size are they? And my mom's like, oh, they're 10. And she's like, oh, big feet. And I said, I wear a size 12 shoes. Like I am huge. Your <laughs> mom wears a 10 though? Yes. And I, only, and, I'm, and I only wear an eight, eight and a half. Wow. How tall is your mom? Um, five, she's taller. She's like ten, five, eight, maybe five, five nine. nine. So she wears a 10? Yeah, that's a, that's a big shoe for a girl. Like Not for five eight five yeah. nine would be about right. I'm, I'm a nine and a half. You, you've been a nine well, nine and a half, but that's so like size do you I wear? wear. Well, how do you find shoes? Leah wears an eight and a half. I nine. Know. I wear a nine okay. now. I'm older. I wear a nine. Yeah. My Isn't that weird? I know. Sometimes yeah. I have to go to nine. It just depends. Sometimes I can do eight and a half still. It just depends. I mean, I, I was wearing. I was wearing size 10s when I was like 11 and 12 years old because I was getting hand-me-down shoes from Kim Singletary who had already had seven children and her feet had grown. She was giving me hand-me-downs and now, like, you know, mine are bigger too. It's, it's, here's yeah, the hang it's on so though, different. but here is the bonus to the big feet though. All of your sizes are on the clearance rack. <laughs> no, yes, I mean, like true. seriously. Yes. Like you go to the I clearance rack with like you. 11, 12. Yes, but also yes, I, I do. Mean, with the beauty pageants being five ten, that had to be a knock in your favor. I mean, maybe oh, but I'm then gonna... you're wearing you're wearing four inch heels, and so then you feel super tall, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, except for the short girls, because yeah, when I was there at Miss America, it was the year that they made us go barefoot for swimsuit. Oh. So how stupid. First of all, nobody wears the kind of swimsuits that you wear for pageants. At least back in the day, they were not swimsuits that could get wet, go anywhere near water. They were like multi-layered. It was like today's version of Spanx okay. in a swimsuit, yeah. Yeah. okay? Yeah. And it was a weird material. We had so they're they're weird feel, you know, they're not a real swimsuit. Then you've got your hair and your makeup done, yeah. big jewelry, and then they took our shoes away. Wow, that's crazy. That's <laughs> terrifying. So here's me, already short, compared to the girls that are tall, now with no yeah. shoes. Wow. That is That is a plus, and I think Tanya always was kind of like, not resentful, but she was jealous. I don't know. The fact yes. that I was taller, I, was I, could carry, I could carry weight, and I still can carry weight a lot better than obviously short people, you know? And so <laughs> I feel you, girl. I feel <laughs> you. But at the same time, you also feel like even when you're skinny and in shape, when you're next to a short person, you look like a mammoth. You look fat. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I I swear no, I work out all think the time. You do. And I'm like, but you, you got yeah, these long yeah. legs. Leah and they just tell me that all the time. I tell them that all the time. I will see people in the store, and I don't do this anymore, but when I was younger, I would be like, I look like that, don't I? And Leah's like <laughs> Like a big, like a giant, you know, the big yeah. girls. Like the big, I'm like, yeah. I'm not that girl. I get like the big I do get girl mad yeah. at her because their legs are so thin. I do. And wherever we go, legs. people are like, oh my gosh, you're so thin. And Michelle will be like, I feel so fat. I'm like, well, you're the skinniest fat person I've ever met. I say it all the time. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. The thing now. is, people would kill to look like you. Now, shut up. I Have you guys seen the mannequins in the stores lately that yes. literally they're making so big? 
Yes. Yes. And they're they and like linebackers. They're so also I told, I did bring it up again recently to Leah. I said, I feel like I look like that. And Leah's like, because that's <laughs> like mentally, that's what I have always felt like my whole life, which is it is yeah. crazy, stupid. But that's how I've always felt that way. Like I'm this big person. Well, she has, me. We're you know, we're Scandinavian. You guys are too. Yeah. And so yeah. she's got, we both have big shoulders. They don't shoulders go anywhere. And big just, hands. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. you know, and people, and, but she has a small head. So I call her the little, uh, the, the men in black character <laughs> really with the that. shrunken head. Because oh. my head is bigger. <laughs> my so I, like, I walk around with these giant shoulders with this tiny little <laughs> My hair helps. I make my, my head look bigger with my bigger hair. That's funny. All right. Okay. Should, this is. This is too fun. Oh, we should just include all of this at the yes. end. Oh, you totally could. I thought you were. I thought you totally were. You should.